I mean, wherever you are, give somebody like an air high five because, you know, practicing social distancing and all that stuff. Air high five and you can be seated. Hey, I got I to gotta tell you something real quick. I know we're, we're wearing masks for those who uh, are, you can go ahead and be seated. Uh, for those who are online uh, here in the congregation, we'll be opening up on July 12th and masks are required. And I got to tell you this much, folks. I'm just going to be really honest right now. Make sure you brush your teeth because if you don't, <laughs> it is bad. No, I mean, I did brush my teeth, but I'm just saying, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Okay, good, yeah. All right, sorry, just keeping it real here. <laughs> We are in our uh, in our service. And Pastor, could you grab the uh, the, the tall table as well? Thank you. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, wanted to just mention is giving. Um, you know that uh, there, there's uh, many of you have given. Thank you, Pastor Eric. Uh, many of you have given uh, given online, and we encourage you to continue to uh, to do so uh, because we're not um, at this time going to be passing the plate um, and for those who are in person here in the uh, in the building. Um, and so as you leave today, and uh, for those who will be coming next week, as you leave at the end of the service, uh, we'll have ushers at the, uh, at the doors along with envelopes that, uh, that will be handed out to you in a safe, sanitary way uh, that you can uh, fill out on your own and either give it back to, uh, to one of the ushers there in the buckets, um, or uh, we do have a, a slot that you're able to uh, put that in uh, right by the information booth. Um, God has been super faithful in this season when we haven't been able to meet in person, and uh, yet I really believe that God wants to continue to challenge us in our, in our giving. Um, last week, I, th I think it was last week, that we had 140 cars uh, come through uh, for our farmer's market, which is fantastic. When all of this started, by the way, I believe, I don't see uh, Natasha here, but I, I believe that when we started, uh, whenever the coronavirus hit and everything kind of shut down, I think our first week we had about 30 cars, maybe 25 cars, something like that. And it's just been, been amazing to me to see God's faithfulness. Every week we have enough food. Some of that is your generosity that uh, many of you have brought food uh, in on your own, as well as over the past couple of weeks, we've asked if you're able to do that, uh, to be able to bring some food in. Um, but it's just been, been beautiful to see the expression of the gospel of Christ through something like the farmer's market, uh, reaching 140 cars. Many of those cars have multiple families represented. Uh, so that's, you know, five to six, maybe 700 people that we are now feeding weekly uh, out of, uh, out right, right back here. And uh, so thank you again. And it's really your generosity and your faithfulness through giving of your, your tithes and offerings and other things like that that allow us to be able to continue to do that. So at the end of service today, um, please, if you're giving in person, you can uh, do that, or certainly online, those of you who are with us uh, online, thank you uh, again for your faithfulness. Uh, please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, uh, beginning of verse 24. We're in our parables series, and uh, I'm excited. I, I love the parables of Jesus. Those are the stories that we can kind of hold on to, that we can uh, kind of grasp, and they're uh, typically pretty simple stories, and uh, today is, is no different. Um, and uh, from time to time, by the way, I'll be looking at this camera right here. I'm just going to give some instruction for those who are in person. That camera right there, because that's kind of the, the main camera we're using online. So if I am overlooking you, don't take it personally. I'm looking at the many, many more people who are online right now watching. So thank you uh, for being with us. Um, how many of you uh, have, have kids that you've had to teach how to drive? 
All right? That's always a joy-filled moment, and uh, it is, it's a beautiful thing. How many of you have yet to do that, and you have a little bit of fear and trepidation in teaching your children how to drive some amens and some of those oh me's coming, coming out right now? Uh, in our home, it was typically a dual effort uh, for Shelly and I to teach our kids, along with, I mean, the school had the classes and all that stuff, but we all know, parents, that it's that moment as, um, as we teach our own children how to drive where, where it's just like that's where the reality uh, really sets in. So, uh, so with Shelly and I, um, we are, Shelly and I are very different in teaching our children how to drive. Um, and uh, it's one of those things I, I'm scared right now is I'm going to share a little bit of the story because I know when I leave from this building that, that Shelly's going to have some questions about the story that I'm going to tell right now. So I love you, honey, uh, with all of my heart and my soul. Um, and she'll admit this. I, so teaching our kids to drive, I'm a pretty emotionally controlled person. I, I, under, I have a tendency to underreact. Kids that I've taught, Catherine, you'll see this here soon when you learn. Um, I have a tendency to underreact. So a, a, like an 18-wheeler could be coming at us, and Jace, I'm just going to pick on Jace. Jace will be, you know, like gunning it to get out, you know, in there. And then I'll just calmly say, son, you, you probably should have waited a little bit longer until after the truck and it's so like now. How would Shelley have responded? Scream. <laughs> that would any, any any mothers with us that kind of respond that way. That's totally appropriate. Totally fine. It's what you should do. I underreact in that moment, but I give instructions and I underreact. Um, let's see here. Uh, another one, you know, speeding, well, speeding, you turn in front of the car, a little aggressive. Next time, wait a little longer. Shelly, what are you thinking, right? So we have a lot of rules for driving that we can overload our, our kids with because there are lots of things to remember. Um, speed limits, turning lanes, no texting while driving. How many of you have seen that happen, How many, right, all over the place? It's always there. Uh, there's these rules, uh, especially in Utah, we've got these rules, 5400 South and the flex lanes. That is craziness, trying to teach your children. I can't even figure that out. Shelly, I mean, we struggle with that. Like, is it a red X? Is it a green? What do I got to do here? Um, let's see. And in Utah, right, don't turn too quickly when you're Lights, you know, like green because your green doesn't necessarily mean that somebody else is red <laughs> in Utah. So please be careful on the roads, right? So we have this whole list of things that we tell our kids um, and uh, when they get their license and we tell them, kids, remember everything that I have taught you. I mean, that's kind of the statement we take, remember everything I've taught you. But the reality is that, that we're not asking them to remember every little thing. What we're, what we're doing is kind of handpicking some of the big ones. You know, pay attention to the road, don't speed. If you've got people in your car with you, make sure they're not idiots, right? Okay, so all of those things that you have. And it kind of boils down to just a, a handful of teachings that we want our kids to remember. Because if we say remember everything, uh, they're going to probably be paralyzed when they're trying to drive. But that list is important, even though it's a smaller list. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27 says this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. Not like rock, woo, not that kind of rock, Okay. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who's built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. 
So this parable is given by Jesus at the end of a pretty lengthy uh, set of scriptures that we have come to call the Sermon on the Mount. And so it's chapter 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew is the Sermon on the Mount. And this comes at the very, or toward the tail end of that teaching that Jesus gives on the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount is 2,400 words, at least as recorded in Matthew. And, you know, and you can give or take a little bit there, but about 2,400 words. And they have been remembered since the, since the time that Jesus uh, gave that sermon. My messages are about 2,000 words, and most of you forget what I said as soon as you walk out the door. So I, I get that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so in this message that was given, Jesus gives the Beatitude, instructions on prayer, ethical behaviors, challenges to the view of God, and so much more. And it's in this context that Jesus uh, tells this parable at the very end of it. Now, in context, when he says, you know, uh, these, uh, everyone who listens to these words of mine and, and does them, um, that context obviously is the immediate words, and then beyond that, and then the bigger picture, all the way to the Old Testament and New Testament, these are the words because we know that Jesus is the word. But is he actually really referring, to, when he says this parable, is he referring to every word that he has ever spoken, every word that's been recorded uh, in the New Testament and the Old Testament? He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them. So what words is he actually talking about? So this is a parable of contrasts. And what you'll find is that Jesus, in a number of the parables that, uh, that he shares, it's in the context of uh, talking about Pharisees and other religious leaders who had a view that their righteousness was enough to get the attention of God, that their righteousness was enough to be proved uh, that they are worthy of God. But in this parable, I think that we can point back to some of the things that Jesus was referring to earlier in the uh, Sermon on the Mount to actually find out which words is he actually talking about. Um, and so this parable contrast is, is kind of the, the words of the, the, uh, the spiritual kingdom of God versus the ruling class spiritual world of leaders that were on earth at that time, the, the, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the scribes, the keepers of the law. And in this contrast, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, this is, this is where we get Jesus then giving like a, a series of teachings before he gets to this end here about uh, where do you build your home. Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, right towards the beginning of uh, the Sermon on the Mount. He says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, on the outside, everybody looking at the scribes and Pharisees would say that their righteousness is, is the closest that they can come to God, right? That they've followed all of the rules. How many of you have had, like, grown up in religion where you have, like, a series of rules that you have to follow? How many have grown up in that? There's, like, these rules you have to follow in order to prove yourself worthy. And so then Jesus says here, unless your righteousness, your rule following, um, is greater than that of the Pharisees and scribes, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Man, that's, that's a tough teaching that Jesus gives here in, in, the, um, in the Sermon on the Mount. He's, Jesus is acknowledging this outward righteousness of the spiritual class, but he begins to contrast it immediately uh, with what grace and what God is really asking of us, and it's super interesting. So, 
So it's a series of teachings that begins something like this. You've heard it said, but I say to you. You've heard it said that Android is a good option for a phone, but I say to you, <laughs> Apple, you know, okay, that's kind of the idea here. You've heard it said in the past, you've heard it said that certain things, but I say to you, Jesus is drawing this attention to the core values of righteousness of the ruling spiritual leaders and calling into question their righteousness. Because listen to what Jesus says, and I've got a series of these here. Um, so we have to jump back to Matthew chapter 5, where we are in the last scripture verse. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 and 22. Don't avoid just murder. Avoid anger altogether. And then you will have a righteousness that exceeds that of the Pharisees and the scribes. How many of you have been angry in the last week? I feel like I've walked around, I think all this stuff, wearing masks. You, know, you kind of walk around with this low-grade sense of anger and dissatisfaction with life. Anybody feeling that right now? I saw a couple of big hands raised, right? We feel that within us. And Jesus here is like, wait, so if we come just short of murder, as long as we're not angry, it's okay, right? Okay. Don't presume to worship God until you've humbled yourself enough to make peace with your fellow believer. And I enjoy our worship time. That Jesus is so concerned with our relationship with those who are around us. He says, if you want your righteousness to exceed that of the Pharisees, make sure that your attitude is one of humility. Don't avoid just adultery. Avoid sexually illicit imaginations. Ouch. Right? So, so Jesus was looking at the Pharisees saying, this was kind of their thing. Hey, as long as I don't go this far, it's okay. Jesus was saying, avoid all of that, everything that leads to that final, avoid all of that to begin with. That's the righteousness that he's looking for. Be so truthful, you don't need, even need to swear an oath to be believed. Have you ever heard somebody tell, tell the story, tell a story and say, no, no, really, okay, this is the honest truth. Think about that statement just for a moment, okay? It's ridiculous. It should be, this is the truth. What, is there a dishonest truth as you start like telling a story? No, 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 okay. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Just mean what you say, right? And Jesus is saying, this is important. What we say to people absolutely matters. This is a hard one. When people mistreat you, do not seek retribution. Even when it's just, and your right to do so. Instead, bless and serve those people. Man, what a, what a word for where we are in our world today. How many of you think that's easy to do? <laughs> no, of course not. Because the righteousness of the Pharisees was, we can take vengeance on those who harm us, right? But Jesus says, no. Bless and serve those who harm you. In verse 6, we jump forward to verse 6. Do not attempt to elevate yourself in other people's eyes by draw, drawing attention to your good deeds. Uh, there's a story told of the Pharisees that they would stand on the corners and give money out and then basically say, look how good we are. <laughs> look how great we are. <laughs> we want to celebrate us right now. And uh, so make sure that our attitude is such that we draw all attention to God. And so this is the, this is the heart of what Jesus re was referring to in the parable. 
right? When he says, these are the words that, that you need to listen to and obey. And let me read the parable again. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. Everyone who hears what Jesus had just said in that context of talking to the disciples, talking to the Pharisees who were there watching this, uh, talking to all of those who were just gathered around listening to this incredible message. Um, if you listen to the words and act on them, you'll be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, floods came up, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. As we think through this list of what Jesus is asking us is to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, the best of the best when it comes to outward appearances. That's what Jesus was driving out. Uh, driving at. Outwardly, boy, there was something about the righteousness of the Pharisees that was appealing. Living that life and having everybody look and, and to the acclaim, look how good you're doing. And yet Jesus was digging deeply into the heart in, in this kind of a message. He's saying, what's in the heart that drives you to adultery? What's in the heart that drives you to want to be seen by other people? What's in the heart that drives you to take retribution against your enemies? What's in the heart? That's where the righteousness of Jesus Christ excels, is in our, life, in our hearts. All that, Jesus is, is, all that Jesus is asking us to do is to lean intently towards this regeneration, to believe that God is calling you to, uh, to a life of holy character, and that God's uh, purpose and promise is to impart his righteousness to you through the Holy Spirit's indwelling. We cannot do this on our own. Uh, no hands raised. How many had a bad thought this week, right? How many had anger? How many, right? We have all of these things that are rolling around in our hearts all the time, and we need God to regenerate us through the power of the Holy Spirit, indwelling through us and sanctifying us through the grace of Christ that he extends to us. Are we really supposed to live the way that Jesus said it? Uh, and I'm quoting here from a guy by the name of Doug Newton on a, on a book, uh, Fresh Eyes on Jesus' Parables. He says, these are actual expectations of actual behavior for actual people to exhibit actual righteousness. Right? This is the heart revealed and Jesus renews our hearts. According to this parable, it's our practice of these words of Jesus, these admonitions of surpassing righteousness that place us on solid ground instead of sinking sand. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. So speaking of that ground... Uh, notice is something about this parable that's super important. And I'm going to come over here to this thing. And uh, what does the Bible say about the, the, the story of what was going on there? So it said that the rains came. Ah, oh, yes, the rains came. The, the wind came on both the houses, right? On both of these houses, what happened to the one on the rock? The one on the rock stayed standing firm. The one on sand, what did it do? It fell down relatively quickly, <laughs> right? What was the difference between these two, uh, these two homes? What was the difference between them? It's the foundation. 
It is that foundation that's the difference. The circumstances of our lives are repeated in all cultures and all locations. Troubles come to those who are serving Jesus Christ. Troubles come to those who are not serving Jesus Christ. We know, folks, that we're in a storm right now that's not just hitting the United States, not just hitting Central America, South America, Africa, Asia. It doesn't matter where you go in this world right now, Europe, United Kingdom. doesn't matter. Everywhere you turn, there is trouble. And what we see is we see houses falling around us. In America, we see things that are not founded on righteousness that are, man, that foundation is crumbling. In the world around us, we see a rise of, of, of powers, and you're going, no, Lord, no, we don't want to see that. And yet I wonder if that power is being filled in a void because righteousness has not been celebrated. And that house is falling. Folks, I want us to be marked by a strong foundation. That no matter what happens in our lives, no matter what comes around us, that we are unshakable because, folks, we know that we're in the middle of the storm. We're all in this thing together, right? Uh, we see that on the signs. We see it out there. It can be trite, but that is so true. But the question is, in that shaking of our foundations, are we going to stand? So this difference is the foundation. The difference is hearing and doing uh, versus hearing and not doing. It's not the hearing, right, that's the problem. It's the doing. It's the living out of righteousness that Jesus is asking us that starts in that regenerated heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the strong foundation that is unshakable. If we're just hearers only, we're going to fall. If we just acknowledge and acquiesce, we're going to fall. But if we embrace and live this life that God has called us to, folks, we will be unshakable. James chapter 1 verse 25 says this, But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, persevere is the key word there, right? Being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. Folks, there's a blessing in hearing, there's a blessing in receiving the grace of God, but there is a blessing, as, re, as James talks about, in actually doing what God has called us to do. Now, becoming this, uh, this kind of person does not happen all at once. It's a gradual work over time. You realize that? How many of you, when, when you first came to Jesus, uh, had it all figured out? Raise your hand outside, you know, in your home right now. Raise your hand, all right. <laughs> okay. No, none of us did. We didn't have this thing figured out. I still, I've been a, I've been a pastor now for 28, 29 years. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a fantastic merit. I mean, all of those, I still don't have this whole thing figured out. Those of you have been around for much longer than me and you've been a Christian for 50, 60 years perhaps, I'm sure there's still areas, still areas of your life you go, yeah, I need to tweak that area of my life a little bit more. But we're, the Bible says that we're being made new in Romans chapter 12. We're a new creation. Uh, we, uh, we are changed incrementally. And 2 Corinthians says we go from glory to glory, this idea of we learn and we grow. Um, and uh, as we choose to put off falsehood, uh, to put on truthfulness, to put off anger, to put on gentleness, to speak only words that encourage and strengthen others, what are we speaking to the world around us through our faith? Are we bringing truth to the world? Are we bringing hope? Are we bringing dignity to all humanity? What are we doing? 
So what is your own foundation? Is it of your own making? Many in our culture around us are experiencing that faulty foundation and are suffering. The storm has hit us all. None of us are unaffected. But for each of us, we have a chance to build on a solid foundation. We have a chance to build on a foundation that allows Jesus Christ, uh, his words, to come into our lives and then us act upon those. That's what Jesus is driving at in this parable. There's no way around it, and the teaching is tough because it deals with our heart. And we recognize that Jeremiah, I think it's 19.7 or 17.9, says the heart is, uh, the heart is um, I'm going to paraphrase, heart is incredibly deceitful. The heart is unbelievably deceitful. Who can understand it? So step by step, we hear and we do because we need a strong foundation in our life. Um, I'm going to invite us to uh, bow our heads really quickly. If you're at home uh, uh, right now watching this, I think the big question for all of us is what is our foundation? Are we just hearers or are we actually doers? Because if we're just hearers only, what's going to happen to us is the same thing that happened uh, to this block house over here. It fell very quickly. And the Bible says, and great was the fall. And so if you're here this morning and, uh, or here on, online um, and you don't have that foundation of Jesus Christ, I'm going to invite you to pray just a very, very simple prayer with, uh, with myself and many others who are gathered here together. And all of us together can repeat this uh, just kind of simple prayer to help you with uh, this language and help you with, uh, with communi the communication with God. Uh, one of the great things about God, by the way, is that uh, he loves us as we are and he draws us to himself. And uh, he knows our quirks and our foibles and our, dis our difficulties. And he wants to hear our own voice. So I'm just going to help you with that. And so repeat after me. Uh, Dear Lord Jesus, Help me to not only hear your words, but to do your words. I ask Jesus that your righteousness would be born in me through the power of the Holy Spirit. Help me, Jesus, to follow you with all of my heart, my mind, my soul and my strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you made that decision for the first time and this is something that uh, you're saying, man, I really want to follow after Jesus, uh, I'm going to invite you to text the word journey to 74574. Uh, that's text the word journey to 74574. And we would love to be able to follow up with you. It's a series of kind of audio online things that you can listen to uh, kind of on your own. It's about a seven to 10 day uh, period of time there and really invite you to do that uh, because we want to see God give you uh, an incredibly strong foundation as you not only hear what Jesus is saying to you, but you actually follow through and do.
what he's asking you to do. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. If you're here today, if you are online uh, joining us, uh, you're free. You can stand up, you can sit down, you can remain in bed, whatever you would like to do uh, at this moment. So uh, I'm just going to give one final prayer and then just some uh, final instructions uh, for us this morning. Lord, I thank you uh, for this morning. God, I'm so grateful for these who've been able to gather together. Lord, I thank you for all of our volunteers and our leaders who were here last week, who are here this week. God, I'm grateful for their sacrifice of time, uh, Lord, their, uh, their uh, willingness to serve within your kingdom. And Lord, bring blessing their way, God. I ask as they express Jesus Christ to those around them, uh, Lord, as uh, we open up next week on July 12th uh, for our services, um, God, let it be that each one of these volunteers sense your anointing and blessing on their lives. Father, for those who have been unable to gather with us and as we open up next week, Lord, I pray your blessing upon them, God, uh, to, to be with them and surround them by your glory and your goodness. Lord, those who are sick, we ask, Lord, you would raise them up. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you would heal marriages, heal families, God. Show yourself to be faithful, and Lord, help us to live a life that is righteous, Lord. We know we can't do it on our own strength, but Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit within us, we can. So Lord, help us to honor you and to give you our best this day. Lord, we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you for joining us online. And uh, we will see you next week in person, as well as we're obviously going to be continuing online services as well. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much.